0: visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: Day number one, when you're driving through that park, when you're collecting as many leads as you can, stop into the park office right there and introduce yourself.
2: Their team has over 200 deals under their belt, and uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, So go to fundthatflip.com forward slash bestever, and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we've got a special segment for you today, as it is Saturday. So we've started a series called Situation Saturday, where we put our best ever guest in a situation that uh, we think you're going to find interesting and applicable um, to your career in real estate investing. And if not directly applicable, then certainly interesting. And then also, I I think indirectly applicable just for how we approach the the situation and the mentality that we have during that process so with us today we've got a previous best ever guest john fedro how you doing john
1: doing great thanks everyone for listening hi joe hey good to
2: have you on the show again and john you can check out john's advice uh, his best ever advice on episode 357 there will be a link to that in the show notes page it's called Wanna Invest in Mobile Homes. Here's everything you gotta know. And if that's not a teaser on what we're gonna be talking about today, I don't know <laughs> what is. Uh, John is a full-time real estate investor for twelve years and he's focused on mobile homes. Uh, he can you can find him at mobilehomeinvesting.net. He's based in Austin. And just for, for everyone's kind of purposes, just so you know how I approach the guests. Uh, I won't ever have anybody on the show twice to talk about their best advice ever because I think that kind of waters down the purpose of what their best advice ever is. But what I will do is have some previous guests be on different segments of the show like Situation Saturday and Skill Set Sunday to get a different – have a different type of conversation with them um, if, I, if I think it will be valuable to you. So that's, that's what we're doing here, and I'm really grateful that John um, took some time out of his – Traveling schedule. It sounds like he's been all over Florida and Kansas. Uh, <laughs> you know the two typical states that everyone goes to to visit in that order, <laughs> and uh, is is going to give us some some good advice on this situation. So here we go. Here's the situation, John. You have five hundred dollars to invest, and you want to get started in mobile home investing. What do you do?
1: Okay, so five hundred dollars you want to get started in real estate investing, which is, I think this is a pretty common-
2: In mobile home investing.
1: In mobile home investing, absolutely. So you are, uh, I think this is is fairly common. I mean, people get, you know, they hear about real estate investing or mobile home investing, you know, and they want to do something. Um, In other types of investing, I'm not sure if it's possible or or not, um, but with mobile homes, it absolutely is. And that's why this question, Joe, is, is really exciting, because This is absolutely possible, like your listeners that are listening to this with enough due diligence, with the proper plan, with moving forward correctly, um, purchasing a a decent quality home for five for five hundred, keeping your holding costs down to almost nothing and then reselling it to where you can make a profit, typically selling it for payments and making cash flow every month. I mean that in and of itself, with only 500 bucks, is a pretty like grand thing to do. And then you're obviously getting into the business. You made money, so now you can reinvest it more and more. So we're talking about a huge thing here. So let's uh, so to answer the question, you have 500 bucks. The first thing to do is understand clarity in your market and whenever I'm starting with somebody new I want them to look at their county their surrounding counties and know what's for sale not just five or ten homes for sale but know everything that's for sale that way you can have a bird's-eye view and say okay you know these five sellers they're selling junk these ten sellers they're asking you know thousands and thousands of dollars they're just fishing for price these this group of people has to sell their home in 30 days these group of people have a plethora of time, and these people are already behind on lot rent. And we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, mobile homes in parks. Mobile homes can be found on their own private land, which you can invest in, and mobile homes in parks. But for this talk, we're going to talk just about the parks because they're kind of, they're definitely apples to oranges. They're two separate kind of animals. So buying and reselling a mobile home in a park with just 500 bucks, the first thing to understand is clarity. You know, who's out there and what are they selling? So from that point, you want to go ahead and try to make offers to everyone that you can. So realize that there's a mobile home uh, that a seller is asking, well, let me put it this way. You can buy a junkie mobile home from California to New England, uh, the northern states to the southern states. Uh, you can buy mobile homes for free. You can buy them for $500 for $1,000, $1,500. Now that home, the one that everyone's thinking about right now in your mind, that can be a real junky home and it can also be an actually really decent home that you may not even mind living in. It's got the appliances, central heat and air, You know, no soft spots, decent roof walls, etc. So it really depends not only, you know, on the home that you're buying, but also the motivation of the seller. And that's why I suggest in the very beginning take that mass approach where you're understanding everything that's for sale, you're making a number of offers that you can. And the offers that you're making, you're making a few different offers, maybe cash, maybe payments. I mean, we talked about $500, which if that's all you have in your pocket, my first deal was I paid 3000 for a home, but I only gave the seller 3 Hundred dollars a month you know 300 today and then 300 for the next nine months so that was one of my very first deals and and that got me into this business because I was basically in the same situation as this situation Saturday question so once you get the home, you know, which you've obviously done your searching around, you've you've been looking at all homes, you've made offers to every seller that you can, to park owners, to park managers on homes that they're selling. So you've talked to a number of people, you've probably got a number of counters. You say, No, Joe, I won't do you know, I I can't do the price that you're asking, but I will do two thousand. I'll sell you my home for two thousand, I'll sell you my home for three thousand, which you can then turn and sell on payments. For five or ten or you know more times what you invested, but with this question, you only have 500 bucks. So some deals, Joe, you'll be passing by. I mean, if you just can't buy them, you know, if if you just don't have that money or you don't know anybody with money and you can't talk the seller into payments, then you know there's really not too much you can do. Maybe you can wholesale it to some to somebody else, which is a viable option. But you know, to actually buy the home, which is what we're talking about, we're making offers to. All of those people that have homes for sale currently in your market, which some are really motivated and some are on the other side of the spectrum and aren't that motivated, then we'll we'll negotiate for one or two you know rounds, and if we can be under 500 cash, which believe me that is a that's a junky home or that's a decent home. I really want to express that because 500 is. Uh, you know, when when we're purchasing a home from sort of an emotional seller, sometimes uh, those are decent quality homes. So I really just want to make a mention of that. This isn't a you know slum type of business by any means. It can be if that's what you want, but uh, but purchasing better quality homes is definitely the way to go. Sort of the path of least resistance. So then we can turn around and resell it, and your exit strategy at that point can be you know selling it for all cash and tripling or quadrupling your money, or selling it on payments and making a obviously a significant, you know, greater profit than just selling it for all cash. So I hope that that, I know I left out just a ton of stuff and that was kind of in a nutshell, maybe a 30,000 foot view, but did that, that make sense, Joe?
2: Yeah, it does. So I'm going to do the high level summary of those steps just to make sure I understand them. And then I'm going to ask you some specific questions about that. I, that I was writing down as you're talking. One is understand, understand or get clarity in your market, so basically know your market. Uh, And two is make offers to everyone that you can. Three is um, make sure that you close. And then four is you then resell it either to someone else and flipping it or you sell it on payments to
1: a buyer, right? That's correct. I I would say if if there's one thing that I did leave out, uh, quite important, know what your buyers will pay if you don't know what your buyers will pay, you're going you're going in blind. Um, it's kind of hard to pull comps per se on a mobile home in in a park, uh, but there definitely are ways to find out what buyers are paying, what buyers are paying cash, what they'll pay monthly, what they'll pay as a down payment. Uh, so that's kind of one thing that I didn't touch on, which is very crucial to know because before you make any offers, you should know what people will pay. That way, you'll know. Okay, I'm gonna make my money back in two months. I'm going to make my money back in three or four months. So just something to be aware of and not okay. ignorant of.
2: Okay. So you also have to know what your buyers will pay. So to, to kind of recap again, one, understand slash know your market. Two, make offers to everyone that you can while knowing what the buyers will pay. Then three, close on it, obviously. And then four, sell the property or sell the, um, the, the mobile home on payments or sell it outright and, and make a profit on on the spread. So let's go to some questions that you know I have on some of these. So number one, understand clarity in your market. How do you start finding? You mentioned a couple of different things like uh, for how to find the properties. I keep calling them properties. Are they they're technically not real properties, right? They're, I guess they're technically vehicles. Is that what they are?
1: They are. Well, they're dwellings. They're homes. They're um, they're all properties, but they're not real property. They are right, personal yeah. property. Um, they're certainly not vehicles with an engine, but uh, but yeah, you know, in many states, you're going to the D to the, to the DMV to transfer ownership, just like a car.
2: Okay, all right, all right. Well, for these mobile homes, how do you find them, and how do you get like clarity? You you mentioned clarity in the market, but specifically. What do you do? Like, if I'm in front of a computer, I've got my five $100 bills to the left of the computer, and I want to follow your step-by-step process and get clarity in the market. What am I doing?
1: Okay, so there's not just one way, and we'll talk about the uh, the find the finding deals, which is essentially you know a big part of your qu- your question. Right. Um, so finding deals. The thing I don't want folks to do is just go out to five or ten homes, talk to a seller. They've, you know, the price was twenty thousand. They talked them down to ten thousand. Now they think that they're the best negotiator in the world and they buy one of those homes. Well, I don't just want people listening to talk to five or ten mobile home sellers. I want them talking to everyone. Again, not just in your county, but the surrounding counties. So that's probably gonna be dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of sellers. And in those sellers, you know, we're gonna negotiate and obviously find out more about each one in each home but finding them so there's a number of ways i mean just like traditional real estate there's not just one way to find all the mobile homes for sale so i'm a big believer in let's do free and very inexpensive ways to market at first so the ones that come to mind most people would think if we're talking about mobiles homes and parks You're driving through parks and you're writing down these signs that you see, you know, mobile home for sale. I mean, those are the low-hanging fruit of people raising their hands, you know, someone help me, you know, please call me, I have a home for sale. And then we can talk to park managers, which are, again, right at the park. That's free. Maybe you're spending a little bit of gas money. So you're talking to the park manager. What do they have for sale? And then you're doing uh, other forms of marketing, such as putting out different flyers that you have around town, and networking with other investors, putting out bandit signs in mobile home dense areas. And then there's uh, other ways that are both free, expensive. You know, some are commonplace, other are, others are unorthodox. But to to get everyone that's for sale, or, or currently right now, you know, on today's date, who's got what for sale, um, and then call everyone. And talk to everybody but what I talked about before those few like real easy things to do talking with the management which is a very important you know be per- everyone listening be prepared to talk to the park manager be prepared to explain what you're doing in a tactful and clear and you know logical manner that way you can be allowed into the park to invest uh, then driving around parks obviously hanging up some marks some marketing or doing some direct mail uh, to very specific type of targeted people those are just all the, you know, there's many, and then there's many other ways to to find mobile homes for sale. But the bulk is, you know, in that, what I just described.
2: What are the questions that you're asking them? Like, say, for example, the park manager. If, yes. If I you know, look online and I see all these different mobile home parks, I see a phone number, I dial it up. What do I say and what do I ask?
1: So you want to make sure when you're talking to park managers, you understand that when you call them, uh, they hear problems all day and I'll, I'll just kinda of say this first, they, they hear problems all day, They uh, you know people want things from them, making excuses to them why they can't pay. Uh, so when you go to that park, when you call that park manager, realize that you should be humble. The only reason why you're calling or can do business in there is because you're making their life easier. You're providing value to the park, you're increasing revenue. So with that mindset, when we talk to a park manager, either over the phone or in person, you're introducing yourself. You're letting them know what you want to do, that you want to purchase this home and get approved and then clean it up and fix it up. Or you want to move a home into the park and then – It's not going to be for you. You want to sell this home to a park-approved buyer. You don't want to rent it or sublet it, but you want to sell it. And again, to a park-approved buyer. You can sell it for cash. You'll take cash. If you have to take a few payments, then you'll take a few payments. You also want to find out about the park's rules, about future rules that are coming uh, up, or if the park lot rent is going to be increasing. You want to talk about any homes that are for sale, talk about your business, the park, how long that manager's been a manager. And you may get a park manager on the phone that is bored you know they have nothing to do that day so they want to spend 55 minutes talking with you or they want to invite you in to show you some of their mobile homes that they have for sale that they've gotten back through eviction or abandonment or somebody's you know left them and they had to repossess them and now they have a home that they don't want it's clean or it's junky or who knows so the park manager it's under it's you have to give clarity of what you're doing and ask permission then you have to from there, you know, ask as many questions as you can about the park manager, your building rapport, about the park safety, you know, kind of chit-chatting about what you do, that they should follow up with you. You know, I love all mobile homes, fat ones, skinny ones, ugly ones, new ones, old ones. Please, you know, if there's a mobile home in your park, Mr. And Mrs. Park Manager, call me back. I mean, I, I'll... I'll follow up, I promise. If you know, please solicit my name and number around. And then again, the park manager that you get some of them may be friendly, woke up on the right side of the bed, and others might not have. So it's uh, kind of a case by case basis. But again, talking with all of those park managers, not just five or ten of them, but all of them in your county and the surrounding counties as well. Because remember, Joe, we only have 500 bucks. So if there's, you know, of the 100% of sellers there's probably a few that would be much they'd be much more advantageous for you to invest in first than 99% of the other ones so we really should take that mass approach um, and then do everything right talk to all park managers all sellers and then consciously make a logical effort a logical decision okay this home right here this is going to be the first one you know probably and then these two later down the road and then maybe these four so then you can strategically you know map out the rest of your year you know based on sellers motivations which homes you want etc i'm not sure if i went off on a tangent or if that made sense
2: yeah do you first call them and then Visit or would you recommend visiting them and then following up with a phone call later?
1: Park managers? Yeah. I want to give I want to give the, uh, the, the the right answer for this. So there's there's two points where you can kind of introduce yourself. There's when you have an appointment in the park, you know, so you're going to a park, you're meeting Mary Lou for to sell her home or she's selling her home. So right before you go to that appointment, then you can go into the park office and say, "Hey, this is my plan. I'm meeting with Mary Lou. She's selling lot 17." You know, this Is there any problems with Mary Lou's home? And this is what I want to do. Is there any problems with that? So you can do it at that point, which you're only going to the parks now where you have appointments. Or what I would suggest, if people have the courage to do, to, to, to do this, let's not waste any time. Day number one, when you're driving through that park, when you're collecting as many leads as you can, stop into the park office right there and introduce yourself.
2: Okay. That's what you'd recommend doing. And I think... The key is what you were starting to say, what you said, like if you have the courage, well, if you're really serious about this and if that's the best way to do it, then it's not, I don't think it's about the courage. It's like, you just do it. You know, it's like, <laughs> just, just find the courage. If you don't have it, then find it. You know, ask someone for it so you can borrow it while you, while you do the visit. Just make that happen.
1: I love your attitude. Absolutely.
2: Okay. So you stop into the office, you stop into the park office and, uh, you talked to them, you, we, we, talked about all the different things really, really quick. How are you making their life easier by increasing revenue? Is it by buying that existing mobile home and fixing it up and selling it for more? And then therefore they'll build the mobile home park will be able to rent it, out, rent it for more?
1: Increasing revenue um, typically that's sort of a two-prong approach. Uh, if there if there's mobile homes that have been in the park where this park does not have a rehab crew and these parks have been sitting literally for months, if not years, it blow it blows my mind when mobile home park owners have homes in their parks that they can just fix up, resell, and make money on, or at least lot rent on. So. You can increase a park revenue by fixing those homes up and then putting good people in and you know having them pay lot pay lot rent. So that would increase the revenue. Or you can physically move mobile homes into the park. A lot of parks aren't at 100% capacity, so you can move that mobile home into the park. Now where there was nothing, you know now they're getting an extra $300 a month, $600 a month, whatever it might be.
2: Would you say talking to park managers is the number one tactic? as far as effectiveness for understanding the market and finding offers?
1: No, I would say talking with sellers would be the most important thing. I did ask that question about park managers in uh, the Facebook group that we have uh, and I, a couple of weeks ago. And I was asking, you know, of your deals that you close, how many, what percentage of leads come from park managers? And depending on who was answering the question, it was between 20 and 40%, which is a big piece of the pie. So don't get me wrong. I mean, park managers are. The gatekeepers to the park. They can throw you leads. They can love you. They can hate you. So very, very important. But as far as the one of the most important things, no, I would say sellers. But a close second would probably be park managers, and then uh, park managers, uh, and then so so on.
2: Yeah, park managers are are really the gatekeepers. So park managers are the way to scale it because I imagine if you're talking to a seller, then he or she's going to be selling their mobile home, but they likely don't you might not be working with them again, at least for a while. Whereas with the park manager, once you establish those relationships, that's more of a long
1: term play and not a one off scenario, right? Great comment that you yeah, really great comment. The or a couple things to note is that when you Anyone listening to my voice, if you have a dozen mobile homes in your portfolio, they're all cash flowing you two dozen mobile homes, three dozen. the folks that I'm working with and these you know not just my numbers, but if you have a couple dozen properties, you're probably only in five, maybe six or seven parks total and that might be a lot. So you're absolutely right that the park managers are the goose you know that lays the golden egg, so to speak or rather they can they can be especially when you prove yourself in that park and now they know okay joe's you know he does what he says he's gonna do he follows up you know he's somebody that we want to work with but you're probably going only only gonna be involved in just a small handful of parks. So while there's only maybe five or ten park managers that are sending you deals regularly, mobile home sellers, mobile home owners, they know other mobile home owners. They know other mobile home sellers. And unfortunately, mobile home owners, I won't say majority of the time, but sometimes are paycheck to to paycheck. So when those sellers need to sell, uh, they often confide in their friends. And I've gotten a number of deals from people who've said no to me. You know, I've made an offer to buy their home. They said, no, John, I'm sorry. You know, it just doesn't work for me. Completely understandable, but they've liked me and trust me enough to refer me to their friends whose homes I have purchased. So just, and that was kind of a mind blowing experience for me. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing to get such great word of mouth, uh, from people I didn't even buy their homes from. So, but yes, I mean, kind of, so what you said was absolutely valid. And if we were doing deals in 20 or 30 parks, I would say park managers or the, you know, best thing in the world. But because we're only dealing with a handful, I would say, again, sellers are probably the most important, and then park managers, if that made sense.
2: Yeah. So sellers is, is number one. And you mentioned some things already, putting flyers around town, networking with other investors, mobile home, signs for sale, for sale signs. What would be the number one way to find the sellers? Out of, tho- out of the out of any of in, in it doesn't have to be those that you mentioned already. But just in in general, what what's the number one way to find sellers? If 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 working with sellers is the best way to get a, a close on a property or a purchase, mm-hmm. then what's the best way to find the seller? In your experience,
1: they hmm, the definitely the top ways, and I I don't know if I would say best with best is like bang for your buck. Uh, or best is, you know, the number of deals that you're getting or the ones where you don't have to do any work and they just call you. So park managers, uh, Craigslist is very good. Uh, Signs around the area are very good. Um, I have to say, to answer your question, the best way is talking with sellers. So anytime you can call a seller that has a home for sale, you can put your You can plant your seed in in their mind where they understand that you're serious, you buy mobile homes, you like their home, you want to set an appointment. Anytime you can get in front of that seller, so whether that is Craigslist or signs or talking to park managers or driving around parks um, or a number of other ways, I guess if I had to say one – Nah, they're putting me on the spot there. It's it's and that's the so the
2: non-answer is actually the answer because there's mm. it, nothing stands out to you. So sounds like they're all created equal and you need to be diversified in what you're doing to market to sellers from Craigslist to to signs around the area to networking with park managers and work and talking to other investors. Is that is that a fair assessment?
1: Correct, yes. I remember a quote a while ago from uh, one of my mentors that said, you know, I'd rather have 12 strategies, you know, lead magnets out there, you know, finding me deals than just one great one that's bringing in all of my leads, you know, even if it's a bunch of leads. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: And that's just, I don't know if that's the way that the world is, but that is the way that at least mobile home investing. So there's a lot of great ones, I guess is what I'm saying. I can't pick like the greatest one because there's so many good ones. All
2: right. And So number two, you said make offers to everyone you can and know what your buyers will pay. How do you know how much to offer?
1: So we want to, the the folks listening to my voice right now, you can... One mistake that you can make, there's a number of like core mistakes that I see people without education making with mobile home investing, and one of them is overpaying. Probably the first one is just overpaying for a mobile home. So it's so easy to overpay. So with that said, we have to know what our buyers will pay before we make any offers on mobile homes. And I really want folks setting the bar high. So everyone listening to my voice, the only mobile homes you should be buying is if you're going to be paying cash for these homes, not not payments, but you're going to be you know paying the seller cash. You should make all of your invested money, including holding costs and repair costs. You should make all of your money back in 10 months maximum, with ideally like six months or less, you're making all of your money back. But you want to make it back very quickly and then have another four or five years worth of cash flowing payments to go ahead and know, have come in. So that's one thing. So just, you know, the only deals I would like people to buy is when you're making your money back very quickly and then you're making $300 net cash flow minimum per month when you resell it on payments. So that's sort of like the litmus test of, okay, should I, should I do this deal? But you don't know if you can make that amount if, unless you don't know what your buyers are paying. So it's very important to know what our buyers are paying. So if, if buyers in one area will pay, let's say, 750. You know, and it's probably a range.
2: And where do you get this info what buyers will pay?
1: This is a combination of a few things. Combination of asking park managers, of finding of asking buyers yourself, creating a buyers list, finding out what people will pay, hearing it directly from the horse's mouth. You know, hearing, okay, what will you pay? How much do you have to move into a home that you really like? What do you want to stay around monthly? What area of town? Will you do uh, some cosmetic repairs to the home in lieu of a lower move-in fee? You know, all the sort of important questions uh, because when you – yeah, because you want to know what your public will obviously pay. Uh, So then you can say, you know, if someone will pay $750 and give you, let's say, $2,000 as a a move-in fee. So $750 a month is coming in. You have a, an outgoing of $350 for the lot rent, of course. So $400 is what you would be making. $400 times 10 months, because we want to make our money back in 10 months or less. So we have the $400 times 10 months is $4,000, plus $2,000 as a move-in fee. So that's $6,000 is what you can expect to make conservatively. You know, Make sure these numbers are conservative. So after 10 months, I know I'm probably going to make six thousand dollars. So for this particular home, my maximum offer, maximum should be around six thousand. Which really six I can just tell you from experience, East Coast to West Coast, six thousand is kind of on the upper end, six, seven, eight thousand of what we'll pay. So we're typically getting most homes for that, you know, two to four thousand dollar mark. Decent quality homes.
2: So very quickly, why do people buy mobile homes instead of buying single family homes or renting single family homes?
1: Good question. So the answers vary. After 2008, I was finding – I was selling a lot of my homes to people that had been in bad situations with single-family homes. So they they came from single-family home living and now they're saying, wait, you mean I can own this mobile home? I was paying you know $150 per square foot in my house – and which, you know, might've got foreclosed on, might've, you know, we had to sell it and, or whatever. And then now they're going into mobile homes. So people just logically see the value. I mean, I'm not selling to, you know, I mean, there's a, a lot of people are blue collar. A lot of people are white white collar. So they just understand the value. You know, you're not going to be twisting anyone's arm. Buy this junky junky home. You know, let me fool you into buying something that's not a good value. So you're selling a good value, a good quality home. So people see that. I mean, a lot of people will just turn their noses and say, "Oh, mobile home. No, thank you. Click." But a lot of folks want that value. You know, They want to pay a, buy a mobile home for $30 a square foot or $50 a square foot for a nice home that they can live in. And Then once they pay it off, they just pay lot rent, and then they can do whatever they want with it. So, so step
2: three is close on it, and then step four is sell on payments. Very tactical question on sell on payments, and, and then we'll, we'll close this out. When you sell on payments, how do you set up the payment plan because I imagine if someone's buying a mobile home that's worth 500 and you're selling it for, I don't know, 1500 would that be fair? Would that be a fair spread? They might not have a checking account. So are you receiving a check in the mail from them every month? And like just logistically, how does that work?
1: Sure. Well, I'd like to make a correction, and let me. And maybe I, maybe I didn't I didn't hear your numbers right. So buying it for fi- for five hundred. You
2: probably heard them right. I, I didn't. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know what I'm selling my okay. five hundred dollar mobile home for. <laughs> so we buy it for five hundred. If we could only sell it for fifteen hundred, three thousand, four thousand, this would not be a lucrative business. I mean, and not lucrative, but it just wouldn't give us the the capital or the drive to keep doing it, to keep helping people, buyers and sellers, parks, a community. So when we're buying them for 500 or $5,000, we are selling them for $15,000. we are selling them for 20000 $35,000. you are buying a
2: $500 mobile home and, and what are we going to sell it for?
1: We wouldn't sell it for anything less than five, than five years. At $300 a month, we're looking at about $18,000 right there. I'd like to make a, a distinction because the homes that we're buying five hundred for or buying four five hundred, sellers were probably asking a month or two, three months ago, they were probably asking ten thousand for that home or eight thousand and then five thousand. We didn't just find it at five hundred bucks. If you find a five hundred dollar home, it's probably a piece of junk that the seller's just trying to get anybody in there. To pay them anything because they know that the home is junk and the market's obviously spoken. The market won't even pay five hundred bucks for it. So the homes we're buying for five hundred for free for five thousand—they're worth, you know, even cash. If if somebody wanted to pay cash, if we held it on the market, somebody would come in and pay double or triple that amount for cash. But so if we're buying for five hundred with cash, we're selling it for least fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, or we really shouldn't even do the deal. So, anyway, going back to those uh, to the question about closing and reselling, uh, anyone listening, there's new laws that came out a few years ago, Safe Act, Dodd Frank, myriad of other Truth in Lending acts. If you're not trained and you don't understand what I'm talking about there, make sure you consult an attorney or make sure you're following somebody that knows what they're doing, because it's very easy to get in big trouble. So, with that said, the how we're collecting payments used to do all everything by mail. Uh, which which was terrible. You know, people will always make the excuse, oh, I sent it last Friday. What do you mean you didn't get it? Weird. It must have been held up and blah blah blah. So we don't do that. Uh, the a couple ways I like to have people make deposits or pay for the home is they're going to go into the bank and they're just going to they have the account number of the business account that they pay on and they're going to make a you know seven hundred and fifty dollar check or cash and put it right into the bank. That way they get a a deposit slip back, or not a deposit slip, a receipt back. It shows how much they paid, when they paid it, and of course I get to see right on my computer, you know, I'll log into my bank and it shows right there. It shows how much they paid, who they were. Um, or you can use a system called clearnow.com, which is good, and that does automatic payments. Or they can set themselves up on an automatic draft. And then every month, the 750 just goes right into your account. So there's a number of ways to do it, but I absolutely would steer people away from just collecting it by mail.
0: Yeah,
2: I agree. Much, much better. John, thank you for being on the show and Situation Saturday and answering the question of What do I do if I have $500 and I want to get into mobile home investing? Uh, And talking through your four-step process. You didn't call it that, but I numbered it because you (laughs) gave me four steps. (laughs) One is understand clarity and get clarity in your market. Two, make offers to everyone that you can and know what buyers will pay. Very important, the second part of number two, know what buyers will pay. Number three is you close on that puppy and four is you sell it ideally on payments so that you're making, making the money pay you back in six months, ideally six to nine months and then another four to five years of cash flows after the fact. Talking about all the different ways to find the properties going back to step number one and how park managers will get you a lot of leads and long-term leads, but ultimately you want to talk directly to the sellers. So really have a healthy mix of both seller direct outreach and then more of the the long game of working with the park managers. Whenever you speak to the park managers, focus on how you're helping increase their revenue by fixing up the homes that are vacant and getting them to be uh, move-in ready and uh, talking to them about getting a park approved buyer you put emphasis on park approved buyer a couple times so i think that's probably a key phrase that you want to use whenever you're speaking to them and uh know the park's rules and what they're looking for and help make their life easier because as you said they're probably dealing with problems all day long so it's nice to have someone come in and, and talk solutions to them so thank you for being on the show and talking about Situation Saturday and this this in particular. And where is the best ever place for the listeners to find more about you?
1: They can reach me at mobilehomeinvesting.net. A lot of great free information there.
2: Awesome. Thanks a lot, John. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever.